What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Gold Podcast. This is episode 30, the big 3-0. I'm Christian Brady from Clemson, South Carolina. That's Matt TR from Clemson, South Carolina. Matt, how you doing? How do I, who do I look like right now with this beanie on? I don't, I don't know, but you're wearing a lot of clashing colors, and I'm going to be honest, I don't like it. Yeah, I know. It's let me. Yeah, but like the the beanie covering all the hair. Who do I look like right now? I don't know. Oh, like the is this an office thing? Oh, Eminem. All right. Well, our podcast is definitely getting pulled off the air for that, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth the four if, seconds. Yeah, they worried about copyright for a podcast that has thirteen listeners. I guess we'll find out, right? I feel like Eminem is that big of a, a dick to do that. So maybe. maybe. All right. I, I don't know Eminem personally, but if you listen to Eminem, you have a free pass to be a guest on our show. So just <laughs> give us a call. All right, Matt, let's start with a blockbuster trade because um, actually, you know what? I wanted to start with something else because we talked about this yesterday where you have moments where you just like act really stupid. You know, and this doesn't really fit on our hockey podcast, but we talk about dumb stuff sometimes. Sometimes? Yeah. Um, I had another moment after we left or whatever. I was at basketball and the lights were off and they were doing the intro. So I was like, oh, like the game's about to start. I got to put my face shield on. If you don't know, I work for the athletic program doing like stupid jobs, like mopping the floor, sub table at soccer. I mean, it's the coolest job ever, but it's also like, you know, it's the lowest on the totem pole. He'd rather be golfing. Also, I want to point out that when we play Duke, like primetime ESPN, Christian gets all the camera work because they're like uh-huh. going to the foul shot. And you got yeah. you got Christian like <laughs> mopping his ass. Yeah, off, exactly. So. It's awesome, dude. It's so fun. So what we were talking about, Matt, was we were playing poker and I was already out of the hand. So this didn't end up hurting me in the game, but there was like a potential straight on the board. And I was like, oh, that's a straight. And everyone was like, no, it isn't. And I was like, what are you talking about? Two, four, five, six, seven. That's a straight. And they were like, two, three, four. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I got to take a walk. I forgot how to count. Yeah, yeah. And I told him he's hanging out with me too much. Because another story is when I get excited, I talk super fast. And we were playing 18 holes at this co- this crappy course in my hometown. <laughs> And there was a there was a dead deer in the middle of the fairway. Swear to God, it, if you have my phone number, text me. I'll send you the picture. It's and I'm crazy talking. I'm like, itself. I'm like, oh my God, dude! There was this dead horse in the fairway. <laughs> and Christian goes, a horse? There was a dead horse, and I was like, what? No, a dead deer. And he's like, that's way different. And I was like, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. So okay, so last night. I'm working basketball and they turn the lights off to do the intro and the game's about to start. So I got to put my face shield on and I put it on. I was like, Oh my God, I can't see like this face shield means I can't like, how am I going to do it? I can't see. And then they turn the lights back on. I was like, Oh, it's cause it was dark in here. <laughs> but I thought when I took, the, when I put the face shield on, I was like, what happened? I've worn this thing before, <laughs> but I can't see anymore. How am I going to do my job? <laughs> oh, man. So I'm losing brain cells. Maybe we do have to stop hanging out with each other. Matt. Yeah, we need to. Uh, yeah, we need to take a week off or something. 
Okay, blockbuster trade. The Winnipeg Jets send winger Patrick Laine and center Jack Roslevic to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for center Pierre-Luc Dubois and a 2022 third-round pick. All three of the players involved in this trade, Matt, had requested trades in the past uh, probably half a year since last season. Um, I don't know what Jack Roslevic is doing requesting a trade because he's like a third or fourth-line center. But the other two are star players. I have been critical of, of Patrick Line on this podcast. I'm going to go down saying that the Jets won this trade, but in the same breath, everyone wins a trade when they send away a guy who doesn't want to be there because none of those guys were adding value to their teams because they didn't want to play. So this one's interesting, right? Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of voices his concerns, and Tortorella is a no-BS coach. Yeah, he's so, not um, in exchange of voicing his concerns, he got four minutes of ice time uh, in the last game he played for Columbus. And that's insane because to me, he's their best center. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what, like, are you, you're sacrificing a guy who doesn't want to be there, but adds value to your team in that moment to win a game. Um, and then Patrick Line requested a trade because he wanted to be in a bigger market and they send him to a smaller market than Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I don't think it's... anyone really won this trade player-wise, but I think Pierre-Luc Dubois, to me, is going to thrive on that second line in Winnipeg. Yeah. And Patrick Line might retire because he has to deal with Tortorella. And Tortorella is not going to put up with his, his uh, prima donna attitude. So... I don't know if Patrick Wanda likes playing hockey. I think he's just like really good at it. So he does it to make enough living to stop. Um, I mean, he's an unbelievable goal scorer. Yeah, he really is. He is an unbelievable shot. That's his main thing. But he's – we'll see. And we talked about this as soon as this happened. Uh, we'll see how Tortorella handles Line because I, I joked with you when we were texting about it that Patrick Line is going to walk into the locker room for the first time. And Torts is just going to like punch him in the face and be like, if you don't come back, like I'm going to have some, if you don't come back on defense, like I'm going to have some brass knuckles on the next time I punch you in the face or something like that. Cause he does not stand for any BS. We yeah. saw that with Pierre-Luc Dubois, like Pierre-Luc Dubois said, I don't want to be here anymore. And um, Tortorella said, good. Uh, you're playing four minutes tonight, even though you're a top <laughs> good. 20 player you in the league. You get one shift. Uh-huh. And he didn't play past the first period, and then the next game he was traded. Um, So, yeah, like I said, these teams each get rid of pieces that didn't want to be with them. So if if just for that, it'd probably be worth it for them to get anything in return. But it's going to be interesting to see how it works out because I am a long been a believer when I talk about this in basketball. It doesn't happen as much in hockey, but – if you are a guy who doesn't want to be somewhere, it probably means like you don't have that love for the game. You know, like there are players who will play in whatever the Yukon, like all the way up in Canada, they'll play juniors because they love hockey so much. But then you get to the NHL and you're playing for the Columbus Blue Jackets who have actually been having success. And both of these teams have been having success, but for whatever reason, Pierre-Luc Dubois, it's probably a combination of Panarin and Seth Jones leaving. I'm sure those were good friends of his and Bobrovsky probably, um, Patrick Laine, I don't really know why he wanted out of Winnipeg, but if he wanted out of Winnipeg, I'm sure he's not going to be happy in Columbus. 
Well, yeah. So the the rumor was he wanted to play in a bigger market, but it, it's not sport. like yeah. it's not like he has like you know how Deshaun Watson with all this drama, he has the player option. So like he mm-hmm. decides where he wants to go, in in his trade clause. Patrick Liney doesn't have that like power. So he hasn't earned it. Yeah. So it's like, I want to go to a bigger market. Okay. We're going to send you to Columbus. Like, yeah. And the, so the Deshaun Watson thing is different because that organization, second best quarterback in the league. Right. And that organization is run like very poorly. They hired like the Patriots team chaplain. Because, like, he was Bill Belichick's friend, and they were like, oh, he must know football. He's Bill Belichick's friend. And now he has all the power in the organization. And mostly, like, the owner said, you're going to be – you, Deshaun Watson, one of the best players in the league, you will be involved in team decisions. And then he found out that his coach had been fired on Twitter. And then he found out that his best receiver had been traded on Twitter. And he was like, okay, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like, if you're going to just keep lying to me. Okay, yeah, we've been talking about that for too long. Hockey. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think Patrick Line is going to have to find a, a new motivation. Um, yeah. and, and I think Tortorella isn't going to put up with him lacking motivation, um, mm-hmm. especially when Columbus now has some expectations to make the playoffs because the past two seasons they've had no expectations and they've blew past all those. So. Yeah. And like you said, I think, Pierre-Luc Dubois fits better on the Winnipeg offense than Patrick Laine fits in with Columbus because they are a – Winnipeg is not a team defense team. They are high-flying, great goaltending. I mean, Hellebuck makes 35 saves a night and they win like 4-1, to one, you know? Yeah. That's the kind of games that they play. And Columbus is the exact opposite of that. So he's going to have to buy in or he's not going to have success there. But why don't we move on, Matt, to your team? I'm going to let you explain this one. Actually, you know what? I'm not because I want to say this. The Washington Capitals players – have been busted for an egregious and disgusting display and lack of professionalism and human dignity. They hung out in a hotel room. How dare they? They should be shot. Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Ilya Samsonov, and Dmitry Orlov were all maskless in a hotel room, and they've been put into um, COVID protocol. Ilya Samsonov tested positive. Who knows if it was connected to that incident or not, but neither of them have played since it happened. What do you have to say on this? Um, yeah, I think I completely 100% agree with you. I think cut them all. Um, just the <laughs> lack of awareness. I mean, to completely – if I'm room 218 and you're room 219 and our literally we have a paper-thin door that separates our room and I unlock mine to say, hey, what's up? I mean, four games isn't enough, honestly. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Um, so, but in all seriousness – Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, from what I saw, both have proof that they have the antibodies. But with the COVID protocol, it's four games minimum, I think. Mm-hmm. I thought it was four te- negative tests in a row, but I guess it's four games. So uh, we play the Islanders tomorrow, and then Friday they'll be reevaluated. It would be huge if we can have them back for the Bruins game on Saturday, but we, uh, we shall see beginning of the season. And now it looks like Vitek Vanacek has uh, stolen the starter position due to better play and more opportunities. Thanks to Samsonov testing positive. So mm-hmm. say that name again. That's a fun name. Vitek Vanacek. 
Yeah, that's awesome. He sounds like he could play on the 1980 Soviet team. He probably could. Uh, yeah. He's a two-time AHL All-Star, so. Wow. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, yeah. yeah. It looks um, like the four of them will probably be back, except for Simpson. will probably be back at least by Monday for the uh, the Bruins game. But they're hurting without them. You mentioned the power play has really been struggling in their absence. So, I mean, that seems obvious. Alex Ovechkin leads. He's the all-time power play leading scorer, right? He's up there. Yeah. He's uh, definitely yeah. up there with most goals on the power play. Definitely most active. Um He's famous for Ovechkin's office on the power play. So they're hurting without yeah. him. Kuznetsov is a, is a, uh, a puck. No, what's the, what's the, uh, whatever. He gets the puck a lot. I don't, I don't, I forget what the name is. There's a name for it. Um, puck hound, puck hound. He's a puck hound on the power play. So that yeah, is, I think again, that's something you lose. Backstrom uh, getting up there in age, Kuznetsov, when he's on cocaine, is usually our power play quarterback <laughs> uh, because he's playing so well. Um, so yeah, if you would have said at the beginning of the season, Evgeny Kuznetsov is not going to be allowed to play, I would have said, okay, he did cocaine. That would have been my number one thing. Um, number two, that's all four games, and you're like, that's coke all the way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting these guys back, especially because Brad Marchand had to open his big mouth and say, I don't feel bad for them, uh, they deserve what they got. So, um, <laughs> Well, I mean, in a way, Matt, they could have easily put a mask on, you know? And I don't know how they got caught. They're in I a really hotel no room. Idea. I agree with you, but I mean, They're it's not in easy. the lobby. We talk about this all the time. It's so easy to just put your mask on. Like, and you're right. There's, if you think about the things that they could have done that are dangerous with COVID, this is the absolute bottom of the list. Like, ridiculous. But at the same time, it's very easily avoidable. They can yeah, still know, hang out with I, each other. When I told you, when I first told you, that they were hanging out in the hotel room without a mask, you immediately said, there's a line that needs to be drawn. Agreed. And the NHL crossed the line that's not even there because I they're still, hanging out in the hotel room. I still think that, but the point is, like, they definitely could have avoided this situation very easily, and they did. So I don't think they deserve to not play. But uh, at the same time, I want to defend my guy. Everyone on the Bruins, I think, is wearing a mask. So why can't the Capitals do that, you know? Hey, you know what? Zdeno Chara, step in, get a get a hold of your new guys in, in Washington. Zdeno Chara that... needs to be cut. He is such a liability. <laughs> yeah, That's I know, dude. That's what I've been saying about. for years. He, this guy does not stop giving the puck away. But I stand by oh, the fact absolutely. that I, I will keep. I mean, it's the only thing. He, it's the only thing he does wrong. He's he's a, a presence on D. He's a great penalty killer. He plays eighteen solid minutes a night, but he just gives the puck away like once a shift. Go, go look at Barzell's goal last night. One of the Islanders beat writers tweeted, Barzell, uh, Islanders take the lead 2-1, Barzell backhand off a beautiful feed from Chara. Mm -hmm. Chara behind the net, on the boards, goes to clear the puck and just gives it right to Barzell. No one around in front of Vanacek, and he just buries it. I mean, it looked like like Chara had money on Barzell to score. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how egregious it was. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guy gives the puck away a lot. There's no way to defend it. But the stats say, the Corsi or whatever it is, the stats say the team is better when he's on the ice. So, take that for what it's worth. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go to our original claim of tape him to the bench and just have him as a leader. 
or an assistant coach. Right. He's already worth it for that. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Okay. The Vegas Golden Knights coaching staff has all been exposed to COVID and none of them will be on the bench for at least four games. Therefore, general manager Kelly McCrimmon and AHL affiliate coaches will man the bench for the next few games, including last night. And one of those is Joel Ward. Uh, I know the you want to talk about that. Yeah, the, the great Joel Ward, the greatest hockey player ever. That's correct. The same week, uh, Matt, that Wayne Gretzky turned 60 years old, we're going to say that Joel Ward is the best hockey player of all time. That sounds good. You are just so upset about 2012 and Joel Ward burying past the liability that is Tim Thomas, a Game 7 <laughs> overtime winner to end y'all's reign as Stanley Cup champs. So, yes, yeah, Matt, I had a hot take. I had a hot take at Walmart when we were talking about that. Um, Tim Thomas will go down as the most overrated Boston athlete of all time. And I don't say that because he's bad. I say that because he was better than average and people think he is the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, people think that Tim Thomas was the greatest goalie of all time. I maintain that he had one and a half good years. That 2012 season, he was very good, very, very good. And we were the, the President's, President's Trophy winner. But, uh, you know, we exited in the second round. He didn't look great. The team didn't look great. It was a Stanley Cup hangover, whatever you want to call it. But it's not that Tim Thomas was bad. I think Tuka Rask is ahead above him, and people don't give him nearly enough credit. And Tim Thomas, like – is praised for being the greatest Bruin of all time. And that he's not even close. Anyway, so I, I also want to point this out, that the Vegas Golden Knights, their AHL affiliate is the Henderson Silver Knights, which is a little much. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. They, they lost in a shootout last night, so they uh, are at least competent enough to get a point with a GM and AHL coaches on the bench. Uh, and I think it mainly in part because Joe Ward was there that they, they got a point. And I think they probably win the next three if they put him as the head coach, the interim head coach. So, I mean, I know nothing about Kelly McCrimmon, but one thing I can say about all GMs is that they definitely know their team inside and out. I mean, he built that. Well, actually that's not true. He didn't build that team. Their GM was since George Biden. McPhee built it. Yeah, exactly. George McPhee at least, used to be the, the Caps GM. So I don't know anything about him. I'm sure he will be serviceable in the time off, and it's really like a non-starter. Four, four games without your coach is no big deal. But it's a 56-game season, so they're going to have to pick up But it's Peter Dubois who is – or Peter DeBoer, who Peter is an yeah. excellent coach. So Right. Also, George McPhee was the GM of the Caps when Joel Ward buried that Game 7 overtime winner wow. to slay the Bruins. So – it all comes full circle yeah all right matt you talked about an ahl all-star goaltender um we're going to talk about another ahl all-star goaltender maple leafs backup goalie jack campbell who was traded from the kings last season he's out four weeks with a leg injury and matthew kachuk is gonna matthew kachuk as the kids say he apparently fell on him purposefully in a net front scramble or scrum after the whistle and then after the game said he did nothing wrong He's just going to be him, you know. That's what the Kachuk brothers are going to do. But it's yeah, unfortunate they, they, that he's hurt. It stinks, but it's 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 unfortunate that they kind of got their reputation from their dad, uh, who was uh, a 
known for an he's, he's a like NHL grinder. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, whatever. Um, I read this the hockeywriters.com or something like that, and it was a complete hit piece on Matthew Kachuk. And I was like, Matthew Kachuk's um, ignorance in this situation shows why hockey is going in a bad direction. It's like it's probably a Toronto writer. Come on, man. Come on. And they were like, and Toronto fans' lack of response to Kachuk's comments are proof that this stuff is going to fly in the new NHL. And it was like, lack of Maple Leafs' response is probably why you shouldn't be writing this article. Because Maple Leafs fans are going to complain no matter what happens. And they don't complain about this, and then it's probably not true. And I haven't seen them play, so so I don't know if it – Probably, I mean, knowing uh, Matthew Kachuk, it's the same thing with Brad Martian. If someone gets hurt because of him, you can probably assume that he did it on purpose. But, <laughs> but like, if Maple Leafs fans don't are not outraged about it, then it's probably like a good indication that there's nothing really to be angry. It was probably just a bang bang play. Mm-hmm. Also, it was probably a Toronto writer who's still living in 1967, the last time <laughs> they won the cup. So yeah. he's like the new NHL. Bro, you have one. He goes to the Hall of Fame every day. He's like, why do they have these interactive (laughs) exhibits? This should be Bobby Orr skates in here. That's what we should be talking about, not the new shooting simulator. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been 54 years since they won the cup. Also, (laughs) I'm going to plug this page. There's a page on Twitter that says days since the Maple Leafs have won the Stanley Cup, and it's up to like 20,000 days. Go follow every day. Yeah. That's funny, man. <laughs> That's good. Well, hey, you, they have a better chance this year than in probably our lifetimes. They're definitely very, very good. Yeah, uh, we're trashing them, and they're on top of the league right now in points. So, But they're going to hurt without Jack Campbell. He's a very serviceable backup, which, I mean, we, we cannot talk about this enough, Matt, but that's extremely important in today's NHL season. Yeah, especially with such short – I mean, teams are playing four games a week. Yeah, I haven't seen many goalies in the league who have been playing half more than half the games. I know Tukarask is not. Um, Vanacek is only because. Right. Yeah. Because you don't want to go to your third goalie. But, yeah, they're going to be asking a lot of Frederick Anderson in the next couple of weeks. Without, well, according um, to NHL 20, Frederick Anderson is Jesus Christ himself. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And he's good. He's another guy who doesn't get enough credit. But he's not great in the playoffs. They are not great in the playoffs. He's just indicative of their team. Yeah. Okay. But John not, Forsland. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I said it's not 1967, and that hockeywriters.com guy can uh, get back to writing. Yeah, he can hang up the quill. He can hang up the quill that he probably writes in. <laughs> okay. John Forsland announces the Seattle Kraken's full-time play-by-play announcer. Uh, my only hope for this is that when they go – national you know when the seattle crap because of course in their first season there's going to be a lot of tension on them hopefully when they have national games they stick with john forslin because i love the guy he patented the famous um tic-tac goal which i know jack edwards for the bruins uses a lot i love that saying so he is the guy who came up with that uh he's also a springfield mass native not that that means anything but the best hockey people are from massachusetts and that's a fact okay um Forsland, unbelievable play-by-play guy for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I I read that he has been with the team since 95. So he has a ring. 
oh, wow. um, in 06. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's been like the go-to guy since Doc has retired. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to me. I mean, we talked for the podcast. It's weird to me that he would turn down potentially a full-time job with NBC to go play. I mean, to go announce cracking games, but I mean, like you said, new team, high expectations. Thanks to the golden Knights. Um, they're going to get a lot of national games. Uh, and they, they, Seattle's got all the money in the world apparently. So and it looks fans. like they probably offered him a, a six figure deal. Matt, remember when they announced the, uh, that the season tickets for the first three years have sold out. And that was like probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. There was, it was like the second longest waiting list in the league and they haven't even played a game. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. And there it's the same expansion rules as Vegas. So you have to imagine that they'll be good. But I also think that Vegas caught lightning in a bottle a little bit. So. Absolutely. Um, anyway, yeah, you got to talk about this, Matt, NBC sports, has a very uncertain future. We don't know where games are going to happen, where they're going to be shown, how much NBC is going to get games in the future. Um, and also now that play-by-play announcers are calling games for, like from their own studios or even in some cases from their home, like Eddie Olchek and Pierre Maguire did. And uh-huh. I mean, not Pierre Maguire and uh, Doc Emmerich did in the playoffs last year. So you can kind of just call a guy and say, are you free tonight? Can you do the game? You know, so they're not really going with a, a full-time guy that they're going to fly out every time there's a big game on Wednesday night. So Forslund with an uncertain future in NBC, I mean, being the Kraken's first ever play-by-play guy seems like the coolest job ever. I remember, um, what's a guy's name? Dave Gosher. He was the Bruins radio guy and I absolutely loved him. And he's a he gold knight with Vegas and he has taken on a new life there, you know? So it seems like an attractive job. I would obviously, I, if I were in this position, I would take it too. any employee of the Kraken has uh, got to be excited for their future. Yeah. I think I also agree with you on the, the job security of this, this franchise is now entering. So it's not like they're going anywhere and yeah. NBC, I mean, you're guaranteed a full-time job. You're guaranteed the the voice of this new franchise. That comes with a lot of perks that NBC can't match. Um, Agreed. So, plus the amenities that Seattle has, uh, good for him. Uh, he definitely deserves it. So, 100%. Also, right, Carolina Hurricanes, call me. I graduate in May. <laughs> An experienced play-by-play guy. Uh, yeah, looks like you've yeah, been searching like for one now. Under so. my belt, so yeah, I mean you're qualified. Okay. NHL power rankings, as set by the writers at NBCSports.com. I know we just trashed you. We still love you guys. We hope you don't make us pay for Peacock to watch NHL games. That will make me very angry. Yeah, very angry, and you will not like what I say on this podcast, which has a lot of national attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think power rankings. Yeah. The, the amount of boycotting that NBC will get due to our the trash on our podcast, I mean... Yeah. NBC Sports, like, you don't understand how much power we have at our fingertips. You don't. We can get 13 You're going to get like seven watching. people not watching anymore. Yeah. Okay. Number one, Montreal Canadiens. A lot of articles saying that the Montreal Canadiens are the team to beat. That's a very bold thing to say after the first 
six games of a season, but they have gotten 10 out of 12 points as of two days ago. They have the best goal differential, great possession numbers, this article says. Um, who knows what that means? <laughs> they look great. Let them enjoy the top spot for a week. Uh, sounds like the writer of this article thinks they're not going to stay. <laughs> the, writer, the writer's like, I'm putting them at one to do them a favor because they suck. Is essentially what he's saying. It's um, like when a fighter. It's like when a fighter loses the the title. And it's like you enjoy this while you have it because you're not going to keep it. You're not a good yeah, fighter. You know. Yeah. Um, um, but they're they're great. Obviously, uh, I've been watching every team, so I have seen some of them. They're so fun to watch. They're the new Claude Julian brand of hockey where they're going to give up one goal every game, basically. Especially with Carey Price and Jake Allen behind them, they're all buy in defensively. Um, power play is great. Not a ton of skill, but obviously enough to score goals. Um, as long as the goals keep coming, they're going to win a lot of games. We hyped up this team a lot preseason yeah. uh, uh -huh. because Carey Price is only going to play 35 to 40 games. And Jake Allen is good enough to be a starter. So, I mean, that takes a lot of load off one of the greatest goalies that's ever played the game. Um, and he showed he still got it in the bubble last year. So, That's right. He did, for sure. And especially after a couple months of being off and being 100% healthy, Carey Price was great Huge. in the bubble. I mean, he his ceiling before he had all of his injury troubles was the greatest goalie of all time. Yeah. So, Yeah, without a doubt. Okay, number two, Vegas Golden Knights. They deserve a lot of attention. We just talked about Seattle, and obviously they're going to be synonymous with Seattle for probably the first few years of their existence, you know, just being the 31st team and the 32nd team. Uh, but we got to talk about them in other contexts as well because they're just a great hockey team. They have two of the best goalies in the league legitimately. Marc-Andre Fleury has been playing great. There's no starter on that team as I see it right now. Uh, but one thing that's certain is Mark Stone is in the MVP discussion, which is what this writer said. He has 11 points, which is good for tied for third in the league with, listen to these names, Neon, Leon Dreisaitl, Nikolai Ehlers, and above him are Connor McDavid and Mitch Marner. So Shocker, is Shocker that new, Dreisaitl and McDavid are at the top. The new captain of the Vegas Golden Knights is definitely putting on a show in Vegas. So hopefully we get you know, fans back in there first. You know why? It's because he listened to our pod and he was like, oh, I don't deserve to be captain. Okay, Matt and Christian. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have a mush, Matt. We have a mush where we say things and the opposite happens. I feel like people have to be listening because we were like last season before COVID, we were like Islanders 16 game point streak. And then they I think they listened to our pod and got it in their head and they lost. So. They lost like 13 games in a row. <laughs> yeah, and then just to, just decided to beat the Caps in five. So, mm -hmm. Okay, Steven uh, Stamkos yeah, is Knights. back. Okay, you first. Golden Knights, um, yeah, they're going to be at the top. of they, Then they're probably going to win their division. So. Agreed. Okay, Steven Stamkos back at the helm of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are in third. Uh, he's scoring goals. Their whole team is scoring goals. They're just going to be great, and they're not in a very strong division, so they'll probably win that as well. Stamkos is the Stamkos is what Line A wishes he was. Um, yeah. 
Line That's actually the, such a good point. Uh, Line A has all the talent in the world to be a Steven Samkos. No leadership, no motivation. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm psyched for Stamkos. He's such a great ambassador to the sport. I'm happy that he's healthy again. It was scary when he got that blood clot. Like, yeah. we thought his career was over. Um, and blood to see him come back and, and lift the cup – and then now to be healthy and scoring goals again, good for him. So as much as I don't yeah, like Tampa Tampa's Bay, be really good. yeah. As much as I don't like Tampa Bay, just from their history, us playing in the playoffs basically every year. Um, Steven Stamkos is a guy that you are forced to like, and I'd like to see him get a cup that you can feel like he was instrumental in the process of it. You know, yeah, because that's not the case with the last one. So I'd like to see them get another cup. Hopefully, it's while the Bruins are really bad in a couple of years, so that I don't have to think what could have been, but yeah, that Patrick line Steven Stamkos comparison is good because remember when Steven Stamkos came into the league in what, like Oh nine, probably at this point and Le Cavalier and uh, who's the other guy, the little guy, Marty St. Louis. Yeah. Marty St. Louis. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't think of that, but he was just like the power play sniper that Patrick line is. But he flourished into a leader, one of the best players in the league, Hall of Famer. And I don't see the same future for Patrick Line, who's probably 27 now. So not nearly as accomplished as Stamkos was at that point in his career. Stamkos, first overall pick in 08. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So. All right. So that's good. Tampa Bay Lightning, number three. That seems like an adequate place for them. Colorado Avalanche. Not winning a ton of games, but definitely scoring a lot of goals. When they win, they win by 15 goals. They have the best offense in the league. We'll see how their defense holds up. I know you're high in the Colorado Avalanche, so I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it's weird um, that I've kind of adopted them as like my second team. It's crazy. When you look at the standings, they're four and three. But when they're on, no one beats them. It's it's unbelievable how many goals they put up. Um Mika Rantanen leading the league in goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, McKinnon is just, I mean, we talk about this kid enough, so I'm not going to give him that much air. To that. But um, it's so weird to me that when you look at the league as a whole, they're 10th. Um, yeah. But, yeah, this guy, I mean, this writer said it. They're the best team on paper. So, I mean, we'll see they have to the be, early yeah. season. But. And the questions about them always are the secondary scoring which I can identify with because the Bruins always get that sort of knock too. So when the secondary scoring shows up, they score like six goals a night because the first line is good for two goals a night. So crazy. At least. Yeah. Uh, At least. That power play is almost guaranteed. Yeah, I know. I know. All right. Number five, my Boston Bruins. The floodgates are starting to open, says the article. Offensively after a slow start. Through three games, I think they scored three goals. But since then, they've scored probably eight in three games, maybe nine. So it's they've been fun to watch. They won again in overtime last night. Every game is going to overtime. I'd love to see them win in regulation. But, you know, you take two points when you can get them, and you take one point really when you can get them, especially in a, in a season like this. If your losses can be overtime losses, you are very well set up um, for the Absolutely. future. Which especially with the top about. four making it. Right, and which we'll talk about when we get to the Capitals, which I'm extremely surprised I haven't read their name yet going down this list. That seems like an oversight. But 
Yeah, but I don't have much to say about them. Pasenak still hasn't even come back. There's been a lot of line shuffling um, with David, with Jake DeBrus sort of being in and out of the lineup with injuries and Craig Smith playing well, Nick Ritchie playing really well, getting some time on the first line, Jack Stadnika being a young guy. Um, so there's a lot of shuffling, but they're still scoring, scoring goals, which is good to see when Pasta comes back. I think the Bruins will be lethal. Yeah, uh, Pasta is – He's so close to returning, and it's like – I'm trying to think of a, a good analogy, but it's like you know their best player's coming back. It's just a matter of when. Um, so it's kind of like if you're playing them now without him, you have to get points against them because you're going to see – you're going to see everyone in the division eight times. Yeah. So you have to get points against teams when they're down. Like the Islanders last night should have beat us without five of our best players. Right. Um, so – yeah, it's crazy to me that you say you had, what, three goals in the first three games, and you have 18 after six. So, yeah, I don't know yeah. what you guys are doing, but keep doing. Yeah, I'll let them know. I'll write a letter. Okay. All right. Oh, the they're listening, Islanders. So. Yeah, that's true. They're listening. Hey, Don Sweeney. I love you. Okay. New York Islanders. Offense not Cam great Neely, so far. in your background? Yeah, Cam Neely right there. That's a gift from Matt, which took a year and a half to come in. And I felt That's bad true. for you because you kept – you were like, it's coming, man. It's coming. And I was like, you don't even owe it to me. But. I got it before Christmas. And, or I ordered it before Christmas. It came in August. So Yeah. <laughs> okay. The offense is not great so far as expected, they say, but they do not give up anything. And that's the mark of a Barry Trotz defense. We talk about this all the time. Also, a Mitch Korn goaltending core. So they seem to find a way to win, which is a great way to describe them. Uh, they continue to keep games close as well. So the New York Islanders being in six seems high, but they're definitely a great team. Yeah, Varlamov um, is the hottest goalie in the league right now. He was 3-0 before last night, and he only had two players scoring him uh, yeah. in three starts. So I'm, I'm chalking that up to Mitch Korn. And – yeah, like you said, a Barry Trotz coach team means no scoring. And uh, if you put up two against them, you're going to beat them. But good luck doing that. So Yeah. A uh, big part of that is Barzal uh, holding out, but then getting his contract already seemed to be making an impact. So that's a guy who's holding out because he's not getting the money he wants. But then once he gets the money, he's going to buy in completely. I have a hard time believing that Matt Barzal would have missed a game like William Nylander did a couple of years ago. If you were, if you think back to actually, that was just last year, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 But either way. Um, yeah. Matt Barzal is obviously a big difference maker for the Islanders. And that's an example of a Pierre-Luc Dubois situation that ends up going well for both guys, both parties. Yeah. Especially when Charles feeding him right in front of the net. <laughs> All right. Number seven. Our favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. They're fun to uh, talk about, and this year they're fun to watch. So, It's crazy that they're seventh on this power rankings, but they they lead the league in points, and Mitch Marner is earning his money. Um, yeah, so a lot of hot that's... takes in this. I think maybe we won't be looking at the NBC Sports power rankings in the future, but it's good to be able to talk about each of these teams. I don't really know if I agree with where they're placed in these power rankings. 
Yeah. Well, so the article also says goaltending needs to be a little better. It's hard when their backup is out, going to be out at least four weeks. So. Yeah. Yeah, that is that's definitely true. But their top line is all up there in the um, points. Yeah, it's about when, time. Yeah, right. It is about. That's exactly right. It's about time. And when one of the most talked about players in the league is third and scoring on that line, that being Austin Matthews, you know you're doing something right, especially because he's not even underperforming. He's playing well. Yeah. But at the same time, they're all being paid over $10 million. So this is exactly what's expected to them. I mean, how many guys in the league are paid over $10 million? It's probably less not than 15. Many. Yeah. Well, I don't even think McDavid's paid 10 because they got a steal when they signed him before the new right. CBA. You're probably right. And like – Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane were, I think, the first two guys in the league to reach the $10 million threshold. Oh, yeah. If I remember um, correctly. He signed for $12 million, McDavid, over eight years. Which is not enough. Oh, oh yeah. my God. That goal last yeah. – you didn't see his goal last night. It's all over NHL Twitter. Oh. We talk about him so much, but it's like we have to. It's so – it's literally so fun to watch. And, Matt, actually, in class, we were talking about this. Um, one of the approaches or motivations of watching the sport is aesthetic beauty, and that's the perfect way to describe watching Connor McDavid. Because it's just so fun to watch. You're watching a guy literally at the peak of athleticism. And if you think about hockey being like you have to know how to skate as well as know how to play the sport, it's sort of like separate things. And he is just so perfect at the game. He literally does nothing wrong. And the goal last night is just a full – I mean, he shakes off a hit. He stops short and changes direction, shakes off a hit, moved to the middle, great hands, sniped through the legs. Like, he in one play, he did everything. So, you have to go watch it. Yeah, he he wins a board battle, shakes off a hit, goes to the high slot, and there's, like, four four defenders for Winnipeg just standing there. And he's like, (laughs) hey, watch this. Um, I mean, what do you do? You try to chase him and you're dead. So you're probably better staying where you are and hoping he comes to you. <laughs> you can't guess yeah. where he's going to go because he, he can be there and then be gone by the time you get there. So anyway. Yeah. All right. Number eight, Calgary Flames. Great start for Jacob Markstrom to shut down his former team in back-to-back games. Ouch. Right? Because that's yeah, great hoping with- also. Especially with Hopi on Vancouver. Yeah. Um, Vancouver we knew was Calgary was going to be good. Yeah, we did. Um, they have all the talent in the world. So, yeah. And now a great goalie. So, I love – I actually – when I – so, it's kind of like when something changes and you get kind of worried. When all the goalies were shuffling around in the offseason, I was like, what? Like, what is happening? Because I talk about all the time. And this is part of what supports my argument for Tuka Rask is when you have even a barely above average goalie, you have to hold on to him because that's so rare. But now there's just like a ton of good goalies and who knows where they're coming from. But yeah. like Jacob Markstrom last year just kind of appeared out of nowhere and he's playing great. So he goes, Matt Murray goes to Ottawa and is playing very, very well. And Tristan Jari, who became the, the first, um, the number one goalie in, Pittsburgh last year has not had a great start. Yeah, I think Casey DeSmith, who 
Casey DeSmith, who's like 64 overall in NHL, is like now their number one goalie. So, yeah, Jari played well last night against the Bruins, but obviously he needs to put a little more time in. He, he literally got sat, um, healthy scratched by Sullivan because he said he's got to figure something out about himself before he gets back in the NHL lineup. And that's something to talk about, Matt, with pressure, especially with a goaltender. It might be easier to play when you know you have a franchise goalie behind you, you know, because you think like he's going to be stealing my job. But depending on how guys think, he could be thinking like, first of all, I always have to compete. So I always have to prove myself. But now once he's gone, he's thinking like, OK, there's no other option but me. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's in his head. It's so different, but though, we- like, especially when you're moving to a new city, like, yeah, you may you may be the number one guy, and you're told that, but you still have to prove yourself to the fans and the and the new coaching staff. So, especially in Calgary, which are very aggressive sports fans. Well, yeah, aggressive hockey fans. That's all I got no. about the Flames, man. All right, yeah, number nine, no. the Dallas Stars. Small sample size alert, it says, which is true because they missed the first week of the season. But no team has won more playoff games than the Stars over the past two years. Wow, that's an interesting stat that I did not know. Uh, so, yeah, they started late. They're probably rested, but they came out of the gates raring to go, which, you know, that can go one of two ways. If, you, if you're waiting a long time without playing, you can either come out hot or you can come out dead because you haven't, you're rusty or whatever. So they had a great start, but they're nine on those lists, which I guess makes sense because they haven't really proven themselves yet. But Dallas is definitely a great team to watch. The only there's only two undefeated teams in the league, uh, Dallas and Florida, and they both only played three games. So yeah, right, because they've both been out with uh, COVID stuff. Yeah, so I agree with the small sample size, but I mean, from what they've seen, or from what we've seen, and what they've showed, um, they're going to be back in the playoffs again. Okay, number ten, St. Louis Blues. They had one terrible game against Colorado in which they lost eight to nothing. I think it was, it might've been eight to one, but this is still going to be a contender and they still have Vladimir Tarasenko wildcard in their back pocket. Has he not played yet? I don't think so. Yeah. Cause he was out with a leg injury. He broke his leg. Did he not? I thought it was like, it was some surgery he had to have. That's all I remember. Okay. All right. Either way he was out. Um, Still hasn't played. I feel like he hasn't played in two, like the better part of two years, right? So that's well, definitely a good. That's a good uh, guy to have. I know their power play has been doing really well uh, in his absence. Tory Krug, I'm sure, is helping out with that. But they've always had a good power play. They they always have a great offense. Bennington playing well. Again, ten teams seems low, but there's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of teams winning. So it I. You know what? I have some sympathy for these NBC sports writers, but at the same time, they've been mostly wrong. Yeah, we're like, don't do away with NBC Sports Network, you scum. NBC, you guys are all right. Like, literally in the same podcast. Um, <laughs> okay. The Blues are – yeah, they struggle, and then they're good, and then they struggle, and then they're really good, and so I'm not worried about them. Yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. And I say that right. secretly hoping they don't, but they're going to make it. So this guy put other, like, he categor, categorized these teams. So top 10 
are the top 10. And then after the top 10, it says promising start, but need to see more to know it is for real. So coming in at number 11 is the Washington Capitals. Um, and I just think it's because we've had so many injuries and COVID related absences. Um, so that's, that's really it's all. Still I winning. So I'm going to come we, to your, I'm going to come to your defense. We've got, a, we've got a point in all seven games and that's even without our captain, Cocaine, Koozie, Orlov, and our starting goalie at the beginning of the season. So, and so Tom I, Wilson. I like the – right, yeah. I like the idea, Matt, of this whole prove-it-to-me thing, but I don't think the Washington Capitals can ever be in that situation until they're bad again, you know? It's the same thing with, like, the Bruins and the Penguins. It's like these teams are going to be good no matter what. They, they have been for 10 years in a row, literally, all three of them. So how can you say we don't know if it's real, if it's been real for 10 straight years? Like that's yeah. a team that starts in like a, you're good, you got to prove to me that you're bad before you drop this low in the rankings. Not like everyone starts fresh. That's not how this league works. There are teams who are perennially, perennially especially, good. Especially in the regular season. No one has more wins in the regular season in the past five years than the Cavs. Yeah. So these other teams that are in here, New Jersey, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Carolina, these are teams that make sense in the, you got to prove it to me, but other teams who are above them, like Calgary Islanders, Montreal, those are teams that should be in this, not that they should be low in the rankings, but they should be in the, you're winning in the category but, of, but you, got, you still got to prove something to us. Yeah. Cause there are teams who have not done so in the past. I feel like teams like Washington, St. Louis, Colorado, Tampa Bay, those are teams who start the year at one through four. And Pittsburgh, I guess, too. Those are teams who start in the top 10. And once they prove that they don't deserve to be there, then they don't deserve to be there anymore. But, like, I don't think you can categorize Washington by saying you don't know it's real because it's been real. Yeah. Especially with our best player out for four games. And we've gotten points in all those games. You, one of your top three players, you could say, because Carlson, I'm sure, falls at two in your eyes in most eyes. Yeah. Because Netsov is right up there on the top five of that team. Okay, number well, 12. On, New Jersey. Go when ahead. he's on Coke, he's the best player. <laughs> you say that, but he was good last year, too. And it was after he got busted. But who knows if he's been tested. Well, he wasn't that good. I mean, he wasn't 32 <laughs> points and 20 playoff games good. To be fair, we don't know if he was addicted, and we also don't know even that he – no, he did test positive, didn't he? Yeah, but it wasn't was on the banned substance list. He's, he's still suspended, IIHF. He got a four-year suspension. Yeah, because remember he was in that video with cocaine in the room, you know? Where yeah, after the cup. See it. Yeah. And everyone's like, he was celebrating. I'm like, then explain how he was really good before he got caught, and he's average after. Like, explain that to him. I don't like this idea of us spreading the you should do cocaine to be better at hockey. No, absolutely because... <laughs> not. But that's on the NHL because it's not on the banned substance list. Yeah, so, that doesn't make any sense to me. We've had that conversation before. And I'm not saying, Koozie, go out and do coke. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying if you're doing it and not getting caught and you're scoring three goals a night, I'm just going to ter- look away. No, you should not be saying <laughs> Now I should. Okay. Oh, 
All right, let's move on before we get in more trouble. The New Jersey Devils, <laughs> a very surprising start. Mackenzie Blackwood has played well. Jack Hughes has played well after a, not bad because you can't expect a lot out of, of rookies, but definitely a Calder Trophy candidate who did not live up to the hype. But Jack Hughes is definitely ready to go in this in this second season, his sophomore season. He's playing really well. Yeah. Uh, Nico Heeshear needs to step up because he's another for first overall draft pick. True as um, well. They got a lot of guys that that I mean their ceiling is really high because they have right. so many young stars on that team. Once, so once this all gels, they could be very good. And I'm critical of yeah. PK Subban, but he's had a great start to the year and he's becoming a rock back there when he used to be sort of the liability offensive type. He's also a guy that is kind of like Achara. He's not 43, but, like, if he's doing as much coaching as he is playing, especially mm-hmm. to the young guys, then he's more valuable than than at first glance. So He's definitely respected amongst the league and, unfortunately, yeah. broke up with Lindsey Vaughn, which was, like, our favorite celebrity couple. But maybe, that, maybe that'll help him. I don't want to make any Mike Milbury comments, but maybe that'll help him. We're definitely both – our careers Canceled. are over before they start. I'm condoning <laughs> cocaine and you're agreeing with Mike Milbury. So Hey, I don't agree with Mike Milbury. I'm just saying like. At 13 is the Minnesota <laughs> wild. Um, I haven't not paid attention to the Minnesota Neither wild at all. So they're kind of always in this situation where they teeter on the edge of being in the playoffs. So at some point they're going to put it together. Maybe it's this year. Yeah. Well, they fired Bruce Boudreaux. So. Yep, that's right. Okay, number 14, Carolina. Hard to put them here because they haven't played in, in a week, and I, they said exactly that. Hard to get a read on them since we have only seen them in three games, and their schedule the rest of the way is going to be very condensed. That's true of everybody, but I guess if you even add a game in a day off that you're supposed to have, that makes a lot of difference, and now they're adding probably three or four. Yeah, multiple added back-to-backs probably for this team. Um, but Carolina is also one of those teams, not that – They've been consistently good for the past 10 years, but they've kind of established themselves as of late um, to be a team that sometimes they – kind of like the Blues, sometimes they struggle, but ultimately in the end they're probably going to show up and and make the playoffs. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. And they're they're a fun team to watch as well. They're young, high-flying. Dougie Hamilton is their leader, and he scores a lot of goals, makes a lot of plays. He's a Norris candidate for sure. Then Brenda Moore is a John Tortorella to be. Uh, he's got that attitude towards the game. Um, yeah, but he's a he's a player's coach, sort of like yeah, the, yeah, the, little, it's, the it's he's the new John player. Tortorella. He's like the foil to him a little bit. But I think when he as he gets older, he's gonna he's gonna get angry at the world. But <laughs> well, right well, now, you know, he was a always a de- he was always a demanding captain. So it's it's sort of like a you know a yin yang. Yeah which is a term I've never, ever used before. Okay. The Pittsburgh Penguins. They are winning games, but there is nothing pretty about them. I hate that argument because that's how you win in the NHL. They have played with the lead for 34 minutes this season, the second lowest total in the league. They have spent more than 160 minutes trailing the third most in the league. Something has to change there if wins are going to continue. That is that's, not- that's what this writer wrote. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, give credit where credit is due, except not in a good way. 
I don't agree. I think if you find ways to win, that shows that you're going to be successful, especially when you start slow and you're still winning games. Yeah, I think if anything, that's not that it's better to play down, but it proves to the entire world that regardless of what the score is, we're going to go out and still win games. Right. If you're putting it together, even when you don't have it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really agree with that. But I mean, even last night, they had – Pittsburgh is a, we've been established. We're going to make the, find a way to make the playoffs. Um, Until we miss the playoffs, there's nothing wrong with what we're doing. Definitely. Yeah. And last year they kind of missed the playoffs in a way, but not really. And Crosby is playing. He's back to being Sidney Crosby and Gensel showing up. So, I mean, it's, it's that same core that's been there for the past 10 years that is showing up time and time again. So, and last night they, went one for five on the power play. They, in the first period, they had like five or six shots on net and they still forced overtime and got a point against the Bruins who are extremely hot. Yeah. And they were down two up. So, so it's teams that, I mean, when they show that they don't have it, they've not put them together yet, but they're still, I mean, I guess there's two ways to think of it. If you're thinking like them playing from behind is a given for the rest of the year, then obviously they're not going to win a lot of games, but I don't think that's the case. I think the case is they've had a slow start and they still managed to get points out of games. So that shows that a team is going to be very good. Yeah. All right. Winnipeg jets. We talked a little bit about them this season. This is what the writer says. This season looks exactly like it should have been expected. Great offense, strong goaltending, very weak defense. So that's sort of like a Patrick line effect. Like we said, we don't think he's a leader, but at the same time, that's exactly his <laughs> M.O. So now that he's gone, maybe things change. Regardless, if you're a star, you sort of determine what happens on your team, no matter if you're a leader or not. It, it, you can be a bad leader, you know? You can be someone that's who's so- not outspoken, but, like, you're leading by example, and it's not good. So Patrick Laine is definitely a force in that locker, room, no matter if he's a good leader or not. Yeah, and that Why definitely goes both ways. Like, if you're a, if you're a force – like in the locker room, but you're toxic, you're, you're going to attract yeah. so much toxic energy. I hate to, to compare another sport, but Kyrie Irving is such a leader because he's yeah. so good, but he's, he's just so toxic to a locker room. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and I'm not saying Patrick Laine is to, like that toxic, but I think we, we spent 20 minutes on this podcast about Patrick Laine. If you don't have the motivation to go out and win games, um, and you don't want to be there, that's going to be contagious. Yeah. So, and it's crazy that the writer verbatim said what you said, high flying offense, amazing goaltending, weak defense. That's like essentially what you said 30 minutes mm-hmm. ago. So, um, and it's, it's, that's, I think to me, that's the Dustin Bufflin effect of mm-hmm. you lose your captain. Um, I think it, it was last season. Um you lose that captain of the yeah. defense and you just, I mean, you, you have to find it again. You're lost. So. Right. And if they went looking for it in Patrick line, I'm sure they didn't get it. So maybe <laughs> well, Dubois can come in and be, a, yeah, maybe he can come in and be a, you know, a positive force in that locker room. He's definitely a two-way player. He's a John Tortorella bred hockey player center for yeah. that matter. So he plays 200 feet. He's going to be a great player. He's still young and he just signed his, you know, coming out of his entry deal. So he's three years into the league and he's already a force. So, yeah, I think that is going to help Winnipeg way more than line is going to help Columbus. 
Uh, we'll see if they. And that's why Columbus is in the top 16. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why Winnipeg is. So they'll be, I mean, I say every team is fun to watch, um, but this team is definitely fun to watch because they're exactly the type of hockey that the NHL is looking for nowadays, where they hit hard, they're big, they score a ton of goals, and they give up a ton of goals, which makes them, you know, whatever. It, five, four games are the best games in hockey. So, well, when you're a fan of neither team. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I said that I was talking to my friend last night about the Bruins game. Three on three overtime is the best thing ever to happen to hockey, unless your team's in overtime. That's the worst yep. thing ever. Because it's like, I mean, Tuka Rask is the best overtime player of all time in the last three games because he's made like 10 breakaway saves. But there's, there's two breakaways a night for each team in overtime. Well, Pittsburgh blowing a three on O in overtime. Oh, I mean, that was a great play by Tuka, but also how are you passing through the crease? Yeah, Malk, that's all Malkin's fault. Yeah, it's Malkin's got to either shoot that or pass earlier. And when he, if Malkin faked the pass, Tuka would have been literally fully out of the net. He completely yeah. committed to the pass. But I mean, he guessed right and he tipped it into the corner. It was fun to watch. And then the Bruins scored in a 2 on 0 with 10 seconds left. Also, overtime playoff hockey is the greatest thing ever, unless it's your team. So, like Columbus, mm-hmm. Tampa. For everybody but Columbus and Tampa fans was well after- for us too because we were watching it like every minute that this goes on is another percent chance that the Bruins don't play tonight, which was would have been the first time the Bruins played meaningful hockey in like six months. And we had to wait another day for it, but it was still it was still cool. It was still cool. Yeah, and, uh, Corpusalo is the greatest ever. So yeah, yeah. All, All right, right, that does it for our power for rankings. Six hours, but. We, we got to talk more. about our game of the week because we have an announcement to make, which we've teased before on Saturday. What are you doing? Oh, I'm I see showing my, yeah. my screaming. Okay. On Saturday, the Bruins will play the Capitals at Washington um, at 7 p.m. January, Saturday, January 30th. We will be live streaming the game as best as we can. Feel free to tune in live. If you can't, it will be up on YouTube afterwards. We're just going to live stream it through Zoom on YouTube, and it'll go up onto our channel afterwards so you can – I mean, if you try to remember what happens in, in the game, I don't know. It's going to be better for you to watch it live, so I would if you can. And have it, um, have it up while you're watching the game so that you can follow along with us. We'll be taking your comments in the chat. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And even if no one watches, it's just going to be the same thing that Matt and I do when we watch Bruins Capitals anyway. So you can just – Get a look and talk crap lives. and eat pizza. Yeah, exactly. Um, we're not going to be live streaming the game. We're going to be live streaming us watching the game. So That's right. It's kind of like it's like a game companion, is what it's called. So you want to time if since we're doing it live, you want to stop your game and try to time up our audio with the game. And we're going to try to find a way to to put the timer like on the screen, yeah. So you can so you can sync it up that way. You're essentially watching the game with us. You can add in the chat. We'll we'll bring up funny things. So that we're gonna try it. If it completely fails, we're gonna switch to um, live streaming intermissions and like breaking down the game. Um, yeah, as well. So we're gonna do something on Saturday. Either way, it's gonna be a lot of fun, at least for the both yeah. of us. And if you guys want to join us, you definitely can. I encourage it. We're gonna have fun, like you said. If at the least, we'll be updating the time so you can try to sync it up. We'll be reacting at the same time as you. Comment, yeah. tweet at us, get in the chat. We'll do it all. So, yeah, we're excited to have some fun. Yeah, we're gonna have fun. 
So we're not going to preview the game since we're going to be watching it. So right, join we'll us go on live Saturday. probably 10 minutes beforehand to talk a little bit yeah. about it. So. Saturday, 6.50. All right, is that it? Let's go. Yeah, that's it. All right. Thanks for listening. If you listen this long, uh, as always, thanks our, to our parents for birthing us um, <laughs> and family for supporting us. Don't yeah. do cocaine. I absolutely do not condone it. I want to end on that note. So, And Mike Milbury deserved to be fired. All right. Done. Done. We, we'll see y'all you know, Saturday. We saved it. We saved it. We saved our careers, man. All our right. careers are intact. We'll see y'all Saturday. <laughs> All right, y'all.